When you buy a new house, you might say, Shut the front door. Winning. No, seriously, shut the front door. We own this house now. But you actually need to say, Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. The local State Farm agent is there to help you choose the coverage you need. Welcome to my crib. <laughs> no one says that anymore, but I don't care. So just remember, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. Boost Mobile tiene una gran oferta para que aproveches tu reembolso de impuestos al máximo y te mantengas conectado. Al cambiarte a Boost, recibe un 50% de descuento en tu primer mes de datos ilimitados. O, con un plan ilimitado de 40 dólares, llévate un Samsung Galaxy A15 5G por $39.99. Obtén los mejores teléfonos en las redes 5G más grandes del país. Con Boost Mobile, cambiarse es fácil. Solo visita BoostMobile.com. Boost Mobile, sin miedo al éxito. Para clientes nuevos y solamente en línea, requiere Arobay. 50% de descuento en el primer mes requiere un plan de 25 dólares al mes. Aplican otras restricciones. Visita BoostMobile.com. Si no sabes que el Spicy McCrispy tiene Spicy Pepper Sauce en el pan de arriba y en el pan de abajo, ¿qué sabes tú de la vida? Para pa pa pa. We always manage to get things done at work with our spouses and of course with our kids. Somehow, some way, we make it happen. That's just what we do. But reality is many times we're running on empty and we actually feel burnt out. A brand new study from The Ohio State University says 66% of parents surveyed in the middle of the pandemic experienced parental burnout and that it's worse for women. Today we talked to Kate Golick, one of the co-authors of this report, as she tells us how to spot the signs and get help. We read the books, we bought the things. We thought we were ready. And then life took our plans and changed them. I'm Karen, I'm Victoria's mommy, and I work in tech. And I'm Pamela. I have a baby boy named Ford, and I'm a journalist. And although we're both first-time working moms, we're actually pretty different. And that's totally okay, because we both agree that our most important work is raising our kids. We really need each other and can only get through this together. Welcome to Motherish Moments. Hello, Pamela. Hi. Were you nodding the whole time you were reading that? I mean, I was like, wow, my autobiography. That's so great. Thank you for doing that about me. I know. We laugh about it, but it's actually... It's little, not funny. It's, it's not, not funny. funny. It's Can not we funny. discuss your sexy voice today? I know. I'm a little raspy this morning. Obviously, I work with my voice. It's like my bread and butter. I'm very, very careful with my throat. And I really think this is stress. I'm just stressed out. We'll talk about that yes, today. Yes, we will. Um, okay. um, but, but yeah. we could go into our so motherish thank, moments. So I apologize for the raspiness. I think it's nice. I, I'm yeah. going to be sad when it's gone, honestly. <laughs> so don't we start with our motherish moment? My motherish moment is that I have reached a new stage with Victoria. So as you know, Victoria is three. I went shopping with her which I was like, I never go shopping with my kid because it's too stressful. I can't actually shop or whatever. And turns out that she has quite a thing for picking out clothes. So I had to get into the whole explanation of like, this is not free. This costs money. You can't get whatever you want. But we're going on a trip soon. So she picked out, I told her you could pick three things for you know our trip to Spain. And she has quite an eclectic taste. Um, you know, she could run with it. It was kind of fun. It's so much easier to shop for her than to shop for me because then I'm like, oh, this doesn't fit me. And I get into the whole like in my head or whatever. Um, but with her, but everything fits I just fits think perfectly. it's so cute how she has like a different style than you. Like I feel like she has a very determined personality and I think it reflects on her style. Yeah, yeah. She puts stuff on and she goes, oh, it looks so great. I'm like, 
if we could all just be the way we were when we were kids, where you put something on and you feel amazing and you're not like beating yourself up in your head, it would be so much better. She did the double. She sent me some pictures and I was like dying. Yes. I sent her pictures on yes. Victoria. Yeah, Victoria didn't have a phone. Soon she will be though. <laughs> um, so my motherish moment of the week, I went to pick up Ford in school the other day. Uh, it was a Friday afternoon. I was, of course, in a rush. I had to go to work early. So it's one of those things where like, I don't want to be dismissive, but every time the teacher tries to engage, I'm like, hey, kind of wave from afar. I'm in a rush. I'm saying, just give me my child. I need to go. But she's like, hey, you know, before I bring Ford down, I need to talk to you. You know, which is like, I think any parents like worst nightmare. You're like, why does the teacher want to talk to me? That's right? not my first thought, though. Because we've had these conversations before, okay. right? She calls me over and I'm like, okay, hi, Miss Natalie. She's like, you know, I just wanted to let you know that um, we've seen such a change in Ford. And he's been so loving and so patient and he's sharing so well. And I just wanted to let you know, I guess. <laughs> I got so proud of him because he's a pandemic baby. You know, he had a very hard time sharing, I think, for a long time because he's always been used to being isolated. Even though I think I try to expose him a lot to other kids. He's alone in the house, you know, with just like the adults in the house. So we've really been very intentional and proactive about teaching him to be loving and sharing. And I always say my priority is always to raise a kind human being. Everything else will fall into place. And for me, this is like has been a priority. It was nice to actually see someone else acknowledge that there's been some improvement in that. So good. it was nice. That was my motherish moment of the week. So before we introduce Kate formally, we want to go ahead and ask her to share her motherish moment of the week. Hi, Kate. Welcome. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I love so much this idea of doing this. So this week I was sitting down with my three-year-old and we were doing this, you know, just putting stickers and there was the scene was like a farm. And then you had all the different little buckets of hay and the animals and like you were supposed to kind of put them where they would go on the farm. So I was sitting and helping him do it. And I was noticing, you know, like my type A personality, you know, <laughs> where I'm like, you want things to go where they would go on the farm. Right. And so I, and so I'm like showing him where you put like the pitchfork and, you know, the, all the different things on the farm. And I stepped away for a minute. I, I came back and the horse is like up in the sky. And I'm like, what happened here? He's like, he's flying. And I was like, of course mm. he's flying, <laughs> you know? And it was just like such a great moment to remember that like kids don't think like that. They don't have to put everything where, you know, we've been taught it needs to be just that creative aspect of like, of course the horse is flying through the sky. Like, why wouldn't he? <laughs> you know, but if I hadn't have stepped away, he likely wouldn't have done that. So, you know, also having those like really child-directed I moments. I love those. Like, I think no limits, so, so no refreshing. Boundaries. Yes. It's really refreshing, yeah. honestly. So we're in for a very interesting and I think enlightening conversation today. We have Kate Golick joining us. She's an associate professor of clinical nursing at The Ohio State University College of Nursing and also the co-author of this report. When I read this, I read it in the New York Times. I immediately emailed Karen, like, we need to have her. I want to know more about this. Like, I was nodding the entire time. I know a lot of moms are going to, going to relate to this, especially during this pandemic. But I just found it very interesting because sometimes I think we have a very hard time even identifying, like, what is parental burnout, Kate? Just to kind of give just a little background, too. When I thought about the idea to run this study initially, I remember I was standing in my kitchen and 
then the kids were all like running around and we're trying to get dinner on the table. And my husband just looks over at me and he was like, can you believe that we do this every day? And it was like this moment of me being like, no, I really can't. And then he was like, and this is just like one day. By the way, Kate is a mother of four. I think all of them under 10, right? Yeah. So when the pandemic first started, I had an eight-year-old, a six-year-old, a three-year-old, and then a 10-month-old. So now they're all two plus years. So my oldest is 10. Anyway, so that was like this moment of just me realizing how this is really hard. It was like validation of how hard this is. And I was like, if I'm feeling this way, it can't just be me. You know, it has to be parents everywhere. But parental burnout really is this chronic stress that we're dealing with and this sense of intense exhaustion that often overwhelms parents' ability to then cope. So it's this feeling of exhaustion. Oftentimes it can be associated with other things like where there's loss of pleasure, you know, as far as like your parenting role or even like detachment from your children. It really depends on the degree of burnout that you're feeling. But that's really what it is, is this chronic stress and exhaustion that really overwhelms the ability of the parent to cope. What really spoke to me about the article um, regarding the report, Kate, was that this has a direct effect on how you actually could treat your children. I caught myself where I'm like overtired or like stressed and I will turn around and just like, you know, I will raise my voice or yell at Ford or lose my patience so easily. So I love the fact that there was an actual correlation and a connection between how you're feeling and then how you treat and how you react to your children behavior as well. And there was that association between parents that had burnout actually identified those types of what we call externalizing, internalizing, and attention behaviors in their children. So like an example of an externalizing behavior would be, you know, they're more likely to do things like fight with other children or break the rules, um, act out, or they can have these internalizing behaviors, which would be things like they just worry so much or they're feeling sad or down about themselves. And then these attention behaviors where it's more like they're having trouble concentrating and those types of things. So if the parent was burned out, it was very much associated then with these behaviors in the children. It's an important thing to talk about contributing factors to this. And I think there are so many things like as parents in 2022, because like we're being pulled, particularly moms, I think as well, like pulled in so many directions, right? You should be a working mom. You should be a really good parent that does all the things that Instagram says you should be doing and all the parenting experts on Instagram say you should be doing. But also you should be really healthy and also you have to work out <laughs> and also you can't look like shit. Like it, it, there's so many things that I think what I find, and I'm curious about this in the results with your findings, like some people might think that parental burnout is like a straight line, like, oh, I am or I'm not. I mean, I think, and I don't know if this is accurate, but like there are some days where I feel more burnt out than others. And so I get into this like big question mark, like, am I okay? Because today I feel pretty good. But the next day I could be a complete disaster having a mental breakdown in front of my kid and trying to argue with a three-year-old and rationalize. And then we're both crying, like what happened? a couple of weeks ago. Um, is it yeah, a straight like, line? Is it not a straight line? Like, how does this look? No, and I think if you ask any parent, I mean, we all have our days and we all have, I mean, some days I'm like, oh, I'm such a good parent. And then other days I'm like, I am the worst parent. <laughs> you know, and I just feel like it's like this constant kind of up and down. And a lot of 
I think where we need to go with this is help parents to identify when it is a constant. So when it's not going away or when, again, it's very severe. And that's part of the reason why we did this scale. There's a working burnout scale that's available online through that report where you can kind of grade yourself and where you are. And if you're finding, you know, that you're in that severe burnout or even that moderate burnout category, that's when you really, I think, need to take action. I think the normal like ebb and flow of feeling burnout can kind of come and go, but it's that chronicity, you know, that chronic or that extreme burnout where you really need to say, okay, it's time for me to do something. It's time for me to get help. I had one of my coworkers, we were venting. She was like venting via text. And at one point she goes, you know, Pamela, I just feel like I'm an automatic pilot. Like I feel like I'm doing the same thing, getting through the same day, like every single day. And it's like, okay, she really had lost any joy in life. She's like, I feel like I don't have any help. I just managed to like get to work, pick up the girls, come to work, get them fed, get them sleep, you know, and I just feel like, okay, I got through one day. day. Yes. And it's like the next day. And like, I really have lost any excitement, even about mothering, but also about just life overall. And I think that's when I was like, well, well, you need to get help. You know, what are some of the things that moms could be doing so they don't fall into that repeat mode where they feel like they're just getting through the day without really any enjoyment? Survival mode, right? Yeah. Yeah, survival mode. I mean, and that's one of the actual questions on that scale as talks about, you know, do you feel like you're in survival mode? But I think really it's so individualized based on the person. So one is recognizing it. So actually identifying like this is what I'm feeling. And, you know, the first time I heard parental burnout, I was like, you know, that's what I'm feeling. I'm not depressed. I don't feel depression. I don't feel anxiety. It's burnout in this role as a parent. And I think that especially is hard for parents to admit because it's shaming. Mm-hmm. You know, like we all love our kids, but it's really hard to like admit that this is just really hard to be a parent. And it's even harder to be a parent in the middle of a pandemic when you are supposed to be a superhuman <laughs> doing all these different things <laughs> and being all these different roles. So I think advice is one, identifying it and where you are. And hopefully, you know, if you're in that area where you're starting to feel it, but you're not really feeling it, you can really work on prevention. And that's, I think, what I was talking about as far as like individualizing it. So it's not going to look the same for everybody. And really, it's about evaluating your personal stressors and your personal resources and trying to get more of a balance with those. So we had to decrease your stressors and increase your resources. Right. So finding ways for you personally to decrease your stressors. So for example, if you have older kids, maybe it's decreasing the amount of after-school activities you do. And then maybe increasing the amount of carpooling you do, you know, so that would be an example of how you could decrease a stressor and then increase a resource. So it's going to look different based on where you are, you know, what resources you have available, what are your current stressors. And so I think every parent kind of has to evaluate that. And I know, I mean, getting five minutes even to yourself sometimes is like impossible, but I do think if you can try to incorporate some kind of self-care. And one of the biggest things is sleep. We've all been a mother with sick kids, infants, you know, sleep is not always something that we are afforded. But if that can somehow be prioritized, I think that can 
in itself work wonders. That and just getting outside, right? And that's something you can do with your kids is make sure you get outside every day and try to get in walks, exercise. You can control your nutrition, which, you know, is shown over and over and over. That can also help with, you know, things like mood and balance, not only in yourself, but in your kids. And then if you are further along that continuum and you're feeling that your burnout is extreme um, or getting that way, then really seeking out, you know, additional help from somebody. So like a mental health care provider or primary care provider. I mean, I sort of feel that everybody should have a mental health provider regardless. (laughs) I find it very useful in general. And actually one of the things that was pointed out in the article as a way to help was around practicing gratitude, which is definitely something that my therapist suggested in the middle of our discussions around what evidence is parental burnout. And so I actually downloaded an app, like a gratitude app. And so you make it a point every day, whether it's like at night when I'm supposed to be sleeping and I'm not sleeping because my kid is finally asleep and I'm like, but give me a minute to myself, you know, and you just take a minute and actively think about something that you're grateful for. And I did it for like three weeks straight. And then I changed phones, you know, like the app disappeared and then recently re-downloaded it. And I was like, oh, Look at all these things that I was like taking a minute to think about, because if you practice a little bit of that, it does help you get, I think, perspective. When something happens to your car, you might say, No! My car! But what you really need to say is something that can actually help. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Just like that, State Farm is there to help you file your claim right on the State Farm mobile app. So, just remember, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. Aloha, mamá. ¿Dónde andas? <laughs> Seguro de compras. Tengo mucho que contarte. Hawaii es increíble. He estado de un lado a otro comunidad. Todos son súper talentosos. Ya reparamos otro helicóptero Black Hawk y oficialmente formamos nuestro equipo de fútbol. Para la próxima, te cuento cómo voy con el surf y me cuentas qué te pareció el podcast que te compartí, ¿ok? Te quiero mucho. Be all you can be. Visitando goarmy.com diagonal español. Hay gente a la que le encanta el McCrispy y hay gente que nunca ha probado el McCrispy. Pero todavía no conocemos a nadie que lo haya probado y no le guste. Para pa pa pa. There's something else around burnout, and I think it's something that I don't know if everybody deals with this, but particularly in like the Latin culture, I don't specifically have this case, but I've seen this with a lot of friends. The Latino culture is very like, you can handle it, you got it. We're so resilient. We like pride ourselves in our resilience. Now we're living in a different time where it's okay to acknowledge the difficulties. It's okay to kind of take a step back and reassess. But I feel like there may be a lot of moms right now, particularly tied up in these cultural norms that are just being kind of brushed off by maybe 
their parents, their tias, whoever, being like, I, I've been through worse. I did this. I am an immigrant and I came to this country with nothing. And it's like, I hear you and thank you, but also like that doesn't make what I'm feeling invalid right now. And I think it's something to acknowledge and help people feel like that it's okay to open up and feel a certain way, even if maybe not everybody in your immediate family would understand. You know, you mentioned the New York Times article, but I was reading the comments underneath and you can't believe, I mean, that is a lot of comments were based on that. Like we've been having this conversation if it was World War II or the immigrants coming in. And I think that was also part of the reasoning for doing this is I feel that it can be so isolating to be yeah, in this and role. I think we isolate ourselves because we don't want to be vulnerable and honest about how we're feeling. So we kind of just keep it all inside. That's why when I read the article, I was like, okay, we need to talk about this. And I know this is a repeating, I think, theme for a podcast where like, hey, it's hard. It's okay. It's hard. We I get mean, it. I think it's like the essence of how we even started the podcast. We started talking through this exact topic, like where someone's being vulnerable and we're like, oh my God, this is hard. Acknowledging and then it opens up a lot of doors, I think, for people to feel better and find more support. And you bring up a really good point, too, as far as, you know, something that can be very beneficial for parents who are feeling burned out is that connection point. So, you know, finding people that are also dealing specifically, I think, with the things that you're you know, it might not be helpful for me to talk to somebody who's teenagers, but somebody that is dealing with kids of the same age, they currently are working to, you know, doing all of those things, I think can be so beneficial just to talk through things. That's why it is so liberating and so um, nice when you actually read someone that's talking about it or actually just speaking about it, you know, because it kind of is like a hush-hush secret, right? Like, oh, are you burnt? Like, oh, I'm burnt out too. You know, and then that's when you kind of make the connection. But it is hard to find someone who is willing to talk about it openly and and is willing to actually just hear you out as well, right? Because they get it. It feels a little messed up, right? Like, where you're like, oh my God, you're also feeling messed up. Oh, shoot, <laughs> me too. Thank you. <laughs> like, well, not that I, I want people to feel this way, but, no, but it is kind of a relief. You guys do advise to find someone you could trust that you could yeah. kind of vent and talk about this, right? Yeah. And I think... The other thing too is like, and one of you just kind of alluded to it, you know, we live in this world where we're expected to be perfect. And then you're, you know, on Facebook or Instagram and you're looking at all these parents doing these awesome things and you're like, my kids like watching TV, eating mac and cheese every night, you know, (laughs) what's wrong with me? And so I think, again, it's kind of this like this shaming mentality and, you know, it's we're expected to do and be everything. And we're just not, it's not feasible. It's not possible for us to do all of these things and be all these places. And, you know, we're so heavily invested obviously in our kids and them being successful and happy and all of those things. But I think the bottom line is if you're not mentally well and you're feeling these things, like that's where it all starts. I've had definitely like a lot of ups and downs in my three-year parenting journey. And to the point where actually like this weekend, my husband and I were discussing the never-ending question of like, you know, do you want more kids? Like people ask and everything. And I told him, this is alluding to your point about like being an individual. Maybe I'm not cut out for it. Maybe my approach, my level of stress and anxiety and, and how... I don't want to say how seriously I take it because like I think everybody takes it seriously to whatever degree it means to them. 
I don't know. I just feel so wrapped up in my role that I don't know if I could handle more. You know, I don't know if it would be good for me. I don't know if it would be good for my mental health. I don't know. And then by default, like I told him, I was like, maybe it would be bad for you because your wife would be a lunatic at this point. And like, then I would be like a bad mom. But I think not that I would be a bad mom, but maybe I wouldn't be that great. Not that I'm that great, but I am kind of great. No, no, no. I'm just kidding. But I think in my ups and downs, particularly in my lowest point, before assuming that I had, you know, parental burnout, I think what's pretty sad, and this might happen to other people, my first thought was, you're not good enough. My first thought was, you're not cut out for this. Look, you like suck it up. You need to do better, whatever. Instead of acknowledging and stepping into that place where saying, actually, no, this is hard and I'm doing the best I can, which is where I am now, right? Like my mindset is I'm doing the best I can and that's it. And the best I can can might come with mistakes. It might come with lots of opportunities for learning, but it's definitely like a switch in your mindset that I think you have to do in order to get out of survival mode and actually be able to take moments with your child and enjoy and, you know, be present in the pockets of time that you can. And actually that reminds me. So my first, now my 10 year old, she was like such a crazy toddler that we would joke that like her head would spin, like when she would have a tantrum. And she, I will tell you now is like the most wonderful 10 year old, like so helpful and loving and everything. I just remember telling myself when she was a little bit older, just tell yourself in your mind that it wasn't that bad when she was younger. And I started telling myself that all the time, like, oh no, it wasn't that bad. And now I honestly look back and I feel like it wasn't that bad. It's like, <laughs> I've like tricked myself into to forgetting, you know, how bad it was at the time, like how hard it was. And I think, you know, as parents, we kind of have to do that. And I remember she was, I felt like she was always so crabby. And so I would take on this stance of like, you're not feeling like yourself today. Like you're such a happy girl usually, you know, and I'd be thinking, no, you're not. Like you're not usually happy, (laughs) you know, but like, I feel like that type of positive psychology really then helped to shape her into who she is now, you know, and not only that, it apparently like shaped my memories too of how hard it was when she was little, you know? So I think having that too, you know, where you can kind of trick yourself and then, even at times, you know, help your child to maybe start thinking they're, you know, a happy child or whatever, whatever the issue is. But anyway, so it is, it's so hard. But I think, like you said, if we can kind of move things or move the needle to where we reframe things, yeah, that can be super helpful, both for us and for them. To end on a high note, Kate, what do you think your hope parents and moms especially will take from this report you know aside from just like nodding the whole time like yes I'm, I can relate like what is your ultimate goal um, in terms of like providing them with resources and helping them get find that joy in this motherhood journey so I think really just the messaging too is like you're not alone and that this is hard and a kind of validation of that it has been hard but it's also a moment in time Every day is a little bit different and some days are going to be hard, some days are going to be easy. But, you know, really, if you're feeling that things are too hard and it's constant, then that's really when to reach out. But the bottom line is, you know, everybody's doing the best they can, like you said, but just that you're not alone in this. You're not alone. I love that. (laughs) You're not alone. Thank you so much, Kate. This was really great. And I think um, 
will be very useful. We'll make sure to share the articles and help people have more access. And also and for, the survey, right? So that you could kind of identify like, where I are you on the I did the survey this morning because the article on today.com had the survey and so I was able to do it and I, I think I'm okay. <laughs> but, but it was really useful and I think it could be a more practical approach for people who might be questioning in this moment, like, am I okay? Thank you so much though for joining us today and It'll be a great takeaway for any new moms or parents that are in I the thick KK's of it. I love like goals. She's like, has four kids. She was able to write a report. She's a professor. She's like, <laughs> she's able to finish the report. I know. <laughs> so thank you so much, Kate. Thank you so much for having me. Aloha, mamá. ¿Dónde andas? <laughs> Seguro de compras. Tengo mucho que contarte. Hawaii es increíble. He estado de un lado a otro comunidad. Todos son súper talentosos. Ya reparamos otro helicóptero Blackhawk y oficialmente formamos nuestro equipo de fútbol. Para la próxima, te cuento cómo voy con el surf y me cuentas qué te pareció el podcast que te compartí. ¿Ok? Te quiero mucho. Be all you can be. Visitando goarmy.com diagonal español. Boost Mobile tiene una gran oferta para que aproveches tu reembolso de impuestos al máximo y te mantengas conectado. Al cambiarte a Boost, recibe un 50% de descuento en tu primer mes de datos ilimitados. O, con un plan ilimitado de 40 dólares, llévate un Samsung Galaxy A15 5G por $39.99. Obtén los mejores teléfonos en las redes 5G más grandes del país. Con Boost Mobile, cambiarse es fácil. Solo visita BoostMobile.com. Boost Mobile, sin miedo al éxito. Para clientes nuevos y solamente en línea, requiere Arobay. 50% de descuento en el primer mes requiere un plan de 25 dólares al mes. Aplican otras restricciones. Visita Boost Mobile. Hay gente a la que le encanta el McCrispy y hay gente que nunca ha probado el McCrispy. Pero todavía no conocemos a nadie que lo haya probado y no le guste. Para pa pa pa. 